Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, episode 139. Our guest today is Patrick McKenna, founder and CEO of Strike Social, a global, technology-enabled, digital advertising company. Patrick has more than 30 years of experience in business development and technology consulting for major corporations. He has spent his career mentoring and investing in startup companies. In 2013, he founded Strike Social, which was named the 17th fastest-growing private company in 2017 by Inc. Magazine. Good morning, Patrick. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Oh, thanks for having me, Craig. It's great to have you here today. And Patrick, you have had decades in development and leadership positions in leading companies and even helped a number of startups along the way. What led you to the creation of the present company, Strike Social? I think we just saw an opportunity in video. I really feel like video, and I think you're starting to see it now, is on every page of the internet. And it's being used for monetization and obviously for content. And I've been in this space for a long time. You know, I was on the video team at Microsoft. I don't know if anybody remembers Windows Media Player and Real Media Player. We were sort of in a battle between Microsoft and Real Network way back in, geez, 97. So before you could really even get video going through your 56K modem at the time. You know, we, I've been in it for a long time. So that was a big part of it. And then looking at Strike Social, what's been unique about the organization and how were you able to grow it so fast? I'm amazed. Yeah, you know, honestly, I think that that was hitting the market at the right time with the right model. Early on, we recognized that there was a transparency issue in advertising. And what that means is brands weren't always aware of what was being bought and how it was being bought. And we felt like we could charge more to let them know like, hey, this is what we got. And by charging more and being transparent about our margin we were actually coming in a lot less than what some other people's published margins were. I'll give you an example. Someone might say, oh, I'm only going to charge you 10% of your media costs. Well, they would run in a non-transparent manner, and maybe they may be charging 60%. And so we didn't really feel like that was a fair relationship between the company that was doing the buying, the execution side of it, and the agency or brand that they were working with. And so the first part of it was solving that and convincing them that, hey, like, I know we're going to charge you a little bit more, but why don't we bake this off and see where we come in at? And then that kind of started going around. It kind of almost went viral in a sense. And then we just grew into that. We really scaled really quickly. And we got to Europe, we got to Asia, and started developing those markets outside of the U.S. And I think that was a big boost for the business and it continues to be. And I read that you're using artificial intelligence to become one of the best in digital advertising. How did that evolve? 
You know, I think if you're going to be a really good partner in advertising, you got to be looking at the data and the returns and you got to be doing something with that data. It was always about being ahead of those types of trends. And AI and data science gets thrown around a lot now. But we started working on that path all the way back in 2013 when we started the company. It was very important for us to have clean data. And we recognized that without it being clean, we couldn't do anything with it and manipulate it. And so I know that that sounds like a mouthful, but part of the problem with being able to manipulate data is it has to be structured in a way that you can actually pivot it around and move it around to make it useful. So it gives us now a big competitive advantage. And I think more and more companies are saying, hey, we've been in this artificial intelligence game for a few years, and we can go all the way back to 2013. And we've just got a larger data set. So that gives us an advantage there. Can you speak to how artificial intelligence is really changing the game in the advertising space? You know, it's kind of akin to like, I started using this analogy, like Uber. You go in and you sit down with a group of people and they hear artificial intelligence and data science. And and the first thing is they're sort of in disbelief, like, oh, sure, right? Everybody's talking about this. But what they don't realize is that it's a part of their life now. You think about how you go get a taxi now from the way you used to get a taxi. Essentially, you open up the Uber app and it says where to. And it solves a lot of problems that you weren't aware of before. Before, you would go make a phone call and you didn't know when the taxi was going to show up. Or you'd go stand on the side of the street and hope a taxi was driving by that had a light on or off or whatever. And now you just put in your address and you know when the taxi's coming, you know where the taxi's going to drive you, how he's going to drive you from point A to point B and how much it's going to cost. And so the same rules apply in advertising. There are advertising platforms, there's AdWords, there's DV360, which was a former DVM, that's Google's platform for display, and it also has YouTube in it. And then you have Facebook, and each one of these platforms has its own audiences and its own mechanism for building campaigns. And the inputs there are, I have a budget, and I have flight dates, and now I need to start thinking about who my customer is, what's the psychographics of my customer, or here's who I think my customer might be. And it kind of starts there. And what we've been able to do is by building artificial intelligence is get you to continue to be the expert that you are in your business, but leverage our knowledge of how these platforms work and how to set campaigns up and how to plan those campaigns about your audience. So to give you an example, you may have an audience that say a Walmart shopper as an audience. Well, that Walmart shopper audience is going to be called something different in, say, Pinterest, or it's going to be called something different in, say, AdWords. And that may be a targeting option in Facebook, just Walmart shoppers. I actually know that that is. So you got to marry that up with the other platforms, but then you got to think about all the other audiences that are also Walmart shoppers. And that's how you get scale. 
right? Because there might be a lot of people who can think about Walmart shoppers because it's sort of obvious, but there are less obvious audiences that sort of associate with that. So let's just take an example, coupon clippers, discount shoppers, you know, and the list goes just on and on and on and on. And so that's what we're able to do. Even if you're a really great marketer, we've got six years worth of audience data over here that's going to say, hey, I know you want to target this audience, but did you know that there are these 50 other audiences that relate to that audience? And what that means to you is you're going to save money and you're going to get a better return on your investment. And that's what we're doing at scale. And so how do you help people figure out who that customer is and understand those psychographics better than they do when they first show up? Yeah, I mean, I think they do have to have an idea. Hopefully, when a business owner starts out, he knows this is who would buy my product. And from there, we can basically multivariant test all the different types of audiences that we think are associated with that. And that just continues to grow. So once I find out that you want Walmart shopper, I can add these other audiences into it. And then you start finding things like more niche audiences. It may even be like beauty mavens that you didn't think would be associated with a Walmart shopper, but it ends up being a good targeting option for you. And that's sort of a a wild example but you got to be continuing to expand that audience pool if you're going to continue to be successful advertising your product. Because if you're just blowing a budget into one audience, eventually you're going to start seeing a diminishing return. And it's probably going to start happening pretty fast as your budget starts to increase. And that's what we're trying to solve. We want to get rid of that diminishing return curve and have you continue to increase your budget without losing your profit margin. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it makes me wonder, you know, in your experience, what are the assumptions or the actions right now that you see business owners taking that maybe they're just doing a little bit wrong? One of the things that I see smaller business owners do is they'll go boost post within Facebook. And you can't do that. You have to go into Facebook Ads Manager And for the people who are in Facebook Ads Manager, that's the professional version of how you would run an ad. So the first thing I want to say is don't use Boost Posts. That's not going to get you anywhere at scale. Even if you got a small return out of it, it's not going to help you long term. The second thing I would say is as a business owner, you can go find someone who has experience. You can go on Fiverr or Upwork that has experience running it. You may even get lucky and find somebody who you consider a guru of getting you a return. But at the end of the day, a company like ours exists to solve that diminishing return. It's impossible for one person to be an expert across all the platforms. And then when you start to think about an expert, eventually that expert, if he's not processing data, and analyzing data. And I'm not talking about an analyst. I'm talking about someone who can code up a coaching algorithm that's learning about where you're getting the best return on your investment and how much budget into that audience before it starts to diminish and you need a new audience. You're not going to get there with individuals. It needs science and it needs data. 
and looking at the returns and having this guru look at these returns and being satisfied with that is not going to help you scale as fast as you want to scale. And to me, honestly, like being a business owner, that is the one thing that I care about the most. I want to grow and I want to grow fast because being big makes you defensible. Patrick, I know that you've worked with all the social media platforms and I was curious what your thoughts are regarding Facebook and its image challenges regarding reuse of data and what you're seeing as possible trends over the social platforms themselves. Yeah, you know, someone needs to come in here and protect the consumer. I really believe that. It's a very challenging topic because the first thing that's going to happen, I think, when Facebook starts to really, let's call it follow the rules more strictly, the advertising costs are actually going to start going up. Because if the press is right and they have this unfettered access to your data and the way that they've been using your data to target you, then them going, hey, we want to protect ourselves from scrutiny from the government. So we're going to start policing this a little bit tighter internally. And we're going to stop using some of the ways that we would allow people to target from before. So obviously, that's going to make things a little bit worse on the targeting side as the business owner. So your cost should go up, right? You're going to be paying more to go find that exact customer. It's going to be interesting. The next couple of years in this data battle, you know, you're seeing Europe did their thing. It's going to be interesting to watch what happens. But in this case... I really do think that someone needs to come in here and really start paying attention to what's going on here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. It's moving target and it's great for news and great for reading these days. So when a company is looking at getting more involved and diving deeper into social platforms, what are a couple of things that they need to be aware of or get involved with as their next step? Yeah, you know, pulling a marketing lever to grow, there's nothing more powerful than being able to get a return from advertising. Once you get a customer in your database and you start to add additional products, let's take a Dollar Shave Club, for example. They sort of like started this direct-to-consumer model in its scale. And you go to Dollar Shave Club now and they have creams and they have other products that they've added beyond razors that they're selling. And they're selling that mostly to their current database of customers. And so layering on more products and allowing you to improve your sale to the customer is the big wave, right? If you can kind of have that one product that you can pull that marketing lever on and get a return, then you can start to think about all the other ancillary products that your customer might be interested in also adding into his basket. And that's where you really start to get that return on investment. You may even be using that first product as a loss leader to get to the second product. But you got to build that database through advertising, I mean, at least if you've got a product that's to consumers, if you can pull that lever, you're going to win. If you're not winning in that, you're going to have to go find a firm that can help you get there. And if you are winning and you're seeing that diminishing curve line, you're going to have to go find an expert that can figure out how to get you to scale to keep your margins up and, and grow. 
Well, Patrick, thank you for joining us today on Business Owners Radio. Oh, my pleasure. This has been fantastic. That's great. And is there anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Yeah, I mean, I can be reached at strikesocial.com. We have a chat bot there and we have people that are in that. So you can go there, strikesocial.com, or you can find me, Patrick McKenna at LinkedIn, and you can message me directly right there if you want. Happy to connect. Our guest today has been Patrick McKenna, founder and CEO of Strike Social, a global technology-enabled digital advertising company. You can learn more about Patrick as well as find links to the Strike Social website and his LinkedIn contact on businessownersradio.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.